Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. But it just happens that sometimes the Lord does that. This is the this is one of those years. God spoke to me that 2023 is going to be a season of power. And so last week we talked about the power of prayer. And I'm just telling you guys that that if you if you missed last week's service at all, it's online. If you need a if you need a CD made, I mean we'll make a CD DVD, but just definitely go back and listen to that because I believe that prayer is the vehicle by which we're going to experience what it is that the Lord has promised. Amen? I don't think there's any other way more important to experience, you know, God and his promises than, than standing upon the word of the Lord and being in fellowship and communication and intimacy in and through prayer and fasting. So I'm telling you guys, he's promised us, but now it's our time to respond to step into the promise. Can I get a good amen there? And so today, since it is Grace Group Sunday, I'm going to be talking about the power of relationship. Now, I do want you to know there's been a ton of work that's gone into, and and a lot of our leaders have prepared and made ready to lead these Grace Groups. And the only reason or the only way that they're ever going to be effective is when you join them. See, I've got, I've got something that I've had a desire in my heart for many years, and that is 100% participation, meaning the people that call Grace Church their home church, and it's really their home church, they're just not, they're just not like checking it out every once in a while, but really they, they call it their home church, that 100% of those people will have, will have 100% participation in doing small group ministry together because it is important, it's biblical. They met, they met house to house, but then they also, come on, met corporately. And so both of these um, vehicles by which we gather up and get together like are important. One is not more important than the other. We've been strong as far as our Sunday meetings and our Wednesdays and things like that. But let's continue to get better in our small groups. Amen? Because that's where you're really gonna where you're really gonna make connections and and uh, and go deeper, you know, with the people that are your brothers and sisters. And so, we have talked a lot about, especially during baby dedications and things as such, that it takes a village to raise a child. Right? Have you ever heard us say that? Have you ever heard somebody else say that? That it takes a village to raise a child. I will tell you this: that we're living in the day and time where it it, it doesn't just take a village to raise a child. It takes a village to get through life. It takes a village to get through life. And so a village is a bunch of people that, 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 that have the same dreams, desires, going the same direction, sharing life together. And I'll just tell you how this plays out. We've been in 21 days of prayer. We're doing it morning and evening. And uh, this has just been amazing if you've, if you've, if you've failed to, to, to make it. You know what I mean? Like no pressure on that, but you've just missed it, honestly. Um, and, and I would challenge you, if you've not made it a priority, I would, I would ask that you would reconsider because once again, this is where we're going as a church body. But I think, it's, I think it was powerful that Tuesday and, um, and, and Eric Hansen 
received a phone call Tuesday night, and it was a terrible phone call. His brother was in an accident, and, um, and his brother was in the water, and it was freezing cold. You guys know how cold it's been, and he'd been there. Well, I believe that it has a lot to do. It might be a stretch, but I believe that his brother was resuscitated and, and is alive today. It could very well be because God's people were together praying. At the moment that he told me what was going on, I came in here and, and we had a large group of people here and we were able to pray over that situation and that circumstance, amen? You, why was this so powerful? Because there were a group of people that, were, that are going the same direction and were able to, to pursue and seek God in a situation, come into agreement over that situation, and, um, and, and things could have turned out a whole lot worse. And then Friday, we all know that at Minico, we had a, a dangerous, kind of a, a very scary school situation take place at, at Minico. And, and all kinds of things were being circulated, and, 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 and we were hearing bad things and not so bad things, but this is the deal. Thank the Lord that nobody was hurt. Thank the Lord that, 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 that our first responders and, and whatnot were able to get that situation under control. But I'm going to take a step of faith here, and I'm going to tie the results of that to the prayers that we had been praying. Um, Keith, I want you to stand up just real quick. Keith Miller right here. A cup, listen to this now. Now, we, we, don't, we don't know, and, and, and I know that he probably doesn't enjoy this, but I'm telling you that probably, I think it was two days prior to that incident, Keith, during our prayer, we had corporate prayer at the end, and Keith said, hey, listen, I really feel like we're supposed to pray for our students, our faculty, our administrators, we're supposed to pray for all of these people, and so, yeah, we were like, yeah, charged up, we all prayed, and then two days later, this incident comes, and I believe that the Lord used Keith and his willingness to be obedient, you know, with, the, with, with really a bunch of peers his own age, that's hard, and then a bunch of adults, but he's, he's stepping up and he's saying, hey, listen, we need to pray. We need to pray. So once again, Keith, I appreciate your obedience to doing that, and I believe that your obedience and our prayers made a difference on Friday. And then this morning... We're, we're, we're praying and my phone starts ringing and usually if it rings in the middle of the night, I'm super worried. But this morning we're gathered together, good group of people gathered together praying at 6 a.m. And, uh, and I missed the phone call. In fact, I, I just denied the phone call and continued on. Well, well, I went back and made a phone call back and it was Anthony Baskew. And uh, they had to take McKenzie in this morning at 3 a.m. with digestive uh, issues, digestive system issues. They ended up checking her out and taking her by ambulance to um, Twin Falls, where she may be in surgery even right now. I don't know, but this is what I know. Like, like the moment that he was sharing with me, whatever it is that needs to be done, like I'm fully in, I'm, I'm in full belief that everything is going to work out well. And I just love that the phone call came. And we're in a place and a posture of prayer. I'm able to gather everybody at the end of the prayer and we're able to lift up this situation as well. And so all I'm saying is, is that sharing life with people, it matters. Somebody please say it matters. It matters. It matters. And so, 
So if it takes a village to raise a child and if it takes a village, you know, to get through life, this is my question. How's your village? How's your village? Like, like this is not just because you come to Grace Church doesn't automatically mean that your village is strong. But how's your village? Is your is your village strong or is it weak? Is your village powerful or is it anorexic? Like how well are you connected and sharing life with those people that God has given you? See, your vertical faith, it connects and affects your horizontal relationships. And so it's really like there's something broken. I want to make something really clear. Like if you feel like you're really good here, then automatically because of who God is and what's important to him, then you're, you should be better here. So as you continue to grow here, the only reason why you're not going to have strong relationships shoulder to shoulder is because you have something that is broken. Come on, you have a hurt, you have a pain, you have something that has happened in your life that you have failed to address. And I'm just saying that now is the time Come on, if you would consider, if you would desire walking alone instead of walking with other people, I would say this, that if you really love the Lord, then you still have brokenness and hurts and pains and tragedies in your life that truly need to be dealt with. And this is the good news, like the Lord, anything you bring to the Lord, like he'll begin, come on, to heal. He'll begin to help you work through those situations. Come on, somebody say amen right there. That's good. That's a good word right there. And so, um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9. Now, this is written by Solomon, uh, otherwise known as Jedediah, uh, the smartest man, the, the, the most wise person on the planet, up until, of course, Jesus Christ came, and he can't hold a candle, you know what I mean, to Jesus. But Solomon wrote this. We believe that Solomon wrote this at the end of his life. And so how many of you know that the longer that you live life, you have the ability to become, to become even more wise because you've had more life experience. And so he's writing this towards the end of his life. The smartest man in the world, this is what he says, two are better than one. Two are better than one because they have good reward for their work or their toil is what the Bible says. For if they fall... One can lift up his brother, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and doesn't have another person to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. And how can one person keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And then it says that powerful scripture a three-fold cord is not quickly or easily broken. And so listen, let's be honest. Can we just be honest with one another for a second? Like I know that the area of relationship is one of the most difficult areas to navigate in this world. You know what I'm saying? Like people are hard to walk with at times. Other times, like they, it's the biggest, biggest blessing. It's the greatest thing. But, but the truth is, is, is people can be tough to walk with. But just because you've had a bad experience and you have different feelings than what it is that the, the word of the Lord says, that doesn't give you a right because of your circumstances 
to disregard what God's desire is in your life. Amen? Once again, I'm tying this back. The only way that you're going to step into a season of power is if you're able to rightly divide the word of the Lord this year and not just divide it and understand it and, and come into agreement with it, but it's whenever you begin to act it out. When you begin to walk in it, that's when the power shows up. Amen? Power is in listening or learning and then obeying or practical application. Are you guys with me? Are y'all all right? Come on. Is it too warm in here? Somebody turn the AC on. We got to get people moving around a little bit. We're getting it a little too comfortable this morning. But from kindergarten on, like, check this out. Kids are taught, you know what I mean? Uh, they're, they're taught to share life together. In fact, like, kindergartners are told that sharing is caring. And we're better together, right? But then by the time somebody, be honest... By the time somebody reaches their senior year, their 12th grade of high school, come on, they have hurt people and they have been hurt themselves. They have been let down and then they've also let down others. And so by the time a person is in their senior year of high school, they're carrying emotional scars and, and issues. And, and these things, the result of these things is we live a life with heavy burdens and we live lives that are guarded, Right? Let me give you a news flash. There's nobody here that is without trouble in their life. There's nobody here that is without pain in their life. There's nobody here that is without letdown in their life. There's nobody here that hasn't been lied to, that hasn't been disappointed. Why do I say that? Because sometimes it's frustrating. And listen, I'm not minimalizing, and I'm certainly, I, I'm, I'm not being, uh, what's the word, uh, insincere, uh, uh, not with no compassion. Somebody help me out, please. What is it? Huh? Apathetic. That's a good one, but that's not the one I'm thinking about. Insensitive. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Teresa. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but this is the truth is sometimes people, they feel like they feel like their trouble that they're, that they're going through is like so much worse than anybody else's trouble. And I'm going to share with you a true story. I have met people, and these people are in third world countries. There's three of them that I'm thinking about right now. I have met people in third world countries that have gone through situations that I've not heard of another person that has gone through terrible situations like this. But let me, let me, let me give you some insight. Meeting them and watching them and observing them, you would never know that they had a bad day in their life. And the reason is, is because they are fully reliant and trusting in the Lord. So why is it? Why is it that one person who's been hurt and injured, come on, walks in healing, but yet another person stays bound in an, in an emotional prison? Why is it? What, what is the difference I believe it's this, one works, and the word here is works. Somebody say works. One works to apply God's word, and the other doesn't. You see, it's one thing to know what we ought to do, what we should do. It's another thing to actually do it. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, Finally, all of you, you should be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. 
So this must be talking about just people that have been treated okay. They've been treated fine, and it's certainly easier to love. But it goes on to say, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Now listen, folks, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. I've talked to some people in and through prayer even this last week. I'm like, listen, do you have any unforgiveness that's pent up in your heart? And they say, yeah, I do. I'm really dealing with this, that, and the other. I'm saying, are you ready to forgive them? And honesty, like I love honesty. Honesty is a beautiful thing. But I got some honest answers like, no, I'm not ready. See, once again, this is the conflict. I don't feel like I'm ready to do that. But now, here the word of the Lord says, don't repay evil with evil, but repay evil with blessing. Right? And then there's some benefit. What's the benefit? This is what you were called to do so that you can inherit the blessing from God. And so, so as you're called to do this and you walk this out, God's blessing is going to be with you. So whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. And it says that they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. So listen, in 2023... We're going to stop living rejected and we're going to start living accepted. Amen. Uh, living the rejected life, the woe is me life is not the life that we're called to live in the Lord. And so four thoughts from this scripture. I'm going to go real fast. Pull out your pen and paper. Check this out. Number one, two are better than one when we go to work. First of all, I just want to say, listen. The day and the age that we live in, we got a lot of people that don't know how to work, don't want to work, and that is not from the Lord, right? The Bible says that, that if, if you're not willing to work, then you shouldn't eat, right? And so let's be people that get up and go to work, and we work as unto the Lord, and we do a good job. But this is what the Bible says, that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil, when you work alone, you're going to get less done. But when you work together, well, let's go ahead and just see what happens when we work together. I think those guys are having fun, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get stuff done. Could you imagine having to drive that in by yourself? how much longer that that would take. And so we got to get to work. We got to get to work as churches. I'm telling you what, God is calling us to bridge the gap from one church to the next, right? We got to do a better job and we're doing some good things like church in the park and, and but we got to celebrate the body of Christ. It's not grace church against the church down the road. I will say this, that one thing that will break this down is when we don't th do things rightly in an order. Like things need to be done in secret so collectively, they, they should not be done in secret so collectively, come on, we can get behind and support. And so there's a way to do this that causes, that, that will not cause dysfunction, a working against. And I'm just saying, listen, if there's a bunch of secret stuff going on, stop it. Don't undermine the order and authority that God puts together. Amen? But with that... Come on, with, with proper conversations, man, there's a great deal of, of things that we can do in the body of Christ to walk together. 
to support one another. Amen. And it's not us against them or them against, you know, somebody else. And so I encourage you to do that. Another thing, we got to get to work at being involved. There are some folks and and I don't even know. I'm just not even going to look. But there are some folks that have gone here for a long time. I don't see you serving. I don't I don't see you I don't see you I don't see you getting involved and the idea is for you to to be the body part that God has created you to be to help the body. And so so you guys all know them. I call them lobby lizards. Comes creeping in after the worship starts and creeping out before the last prayer ends. So I, I'm not looking at anybody, but get involved in 2023 because our church is better when you're a part of it. Amen. Good friend of mine, Scott Jones, said this a long time ago, and I've said this a few times here, but he said, it's amazing, Travis, what can happen when nobody is worried about who's going to get the credit for it. And, and there will be people that want to get on board with something if they get to lead it or they get the credit for it. And then, of course, they won't be on board with something if they're not leading it and don't get the credit for it. And that, at that, I guess I would just say challenge your motivations, right? Because you can be doing some of the good things, the right things, but your motivations are wrong. And so we want you to do it. But we want you to do it with the right motivation. Number two, two are better than one when we fall down. Two are better than one when we fall down. Ecclesiastes 4.10, it says, for if, underline if, for if one falls, the other will lift him up. Now, if I was going to write this, which I'm not because his word is perfect, I would say for when one falls down. Because I have fallen down so much, I know that I will fall down again. And I'm telling you that it has been beautiful to fall down in the company of people that love Jesus and love me and have been able to help me out. Amen. So listen, it's very possible that no matter how well you are at walking, it's possible that you may fall. It's possible that no matter how long you've walked, it's possible that you could be going along and you may fall. It, 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 it's possible that no matter what your last name is and whatever family you're connected to, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you've got some advantage in this thing called life because of who you belong to. It's possible that you may fall. It's possible that no matter how much money you've got in your checking account, in your savings account, in your investment portfolio, it is possible that you may fall. And so the idea is that if you fall, you better not fall alone. If you fall, it would, be, it would be bad to fall alone. Why? Because there are places so low that you can fall that unless you're with somebody else, you will not recover. There are places so low that you may fall that if you find yourself alone, you will not recover. Pastor Javi, before the service, he, you know, we have our pre-service rally and we're talking about relationships and and he says, guys, has anybody here heard of a tree well? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are like, yeah. And he said, do you know that 20% of accidents um, that are had on the ski mountain that result in death, 20% of those are because of tree wells? You know, where, where you're skiing along and then all of a sudden you just fall in a big hole. And he said, they wouldn't even be 
end up in deaths in most situations, but the issue is, is not that they're in a hole. They're just in a hole and nobody knows where they are. Why? Because they were alone. And so here you've got somebody that's skiing along, falls into a tree well, they're in a hole. Nobody even knows that they're missing until it's too late. Had they, had they skied with partners, had they skied with somebody else, then most of the time it wouldn't end in certain death. So two are better than one when we fall down. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 and 1, Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, it says you who are spiritual, you should restore him. That word restore it, actually, if you study it out, it's like if somebody has a broken bone in their leg, it's that restorative process is setting the bone in their leg. Let me just go back. It says you who are spiritual. Like when somebody is wounded, because not everybody is spiritual, when somebody is wounded, the best thing that we could do is put up yellow caution tape all around them. And then, and then, be careful who we allow to get close to them. Because I'm telling you, even some Christians, even some Christians aren't that spiritual and they give carnal advice. And so you take a broken situation, you give, you get them in the, in the ear of that person that is hurting and they're going to give garbage for advice. They're going to give garbage. They're not spiritual, able to restore. And now it takes a bad situation worse. And so just because you go to church doesn't necessarily mean you're ready to help out in the restorative process. I know we got about three or four people saying amen there and everybody else is just like, but I'm telling you the truth, right? But you who are spiritual, like, like know this, that God in you and, 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 and walking upright, right? Walking with the Lord, getting rid of everything that just so easily holds you back. You're severing things. You're, you're getting away from the sin, the secret sin in your life. Oh my goodness. Somebody falls and breaks their leg spiritually. Come on, you who are able to restore, you should restore them. Do you know why I love Grace Church so much? Because we highlight grace and mercy so much. You see, there are some churches and some people even that call themselves Christian, they're more interested in amputation than restoration. Oh, you're just going to have to cut that leg off, man. We're just going to have to get rid. There's no way. And I'm just telling you this. We've got people that will tell you that what I say is true. We're just as interested in restoring those that have fallen as we are in saving the lost. Amen. We're just as interested. That was a weak clap, but I'll take it. I will take it. This is what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not about that, but all right. Number three is this. Two are better than one when your life is in danger. Ecclesiastes chapter four and 11 says that if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Let me just tell you, I was in the Marine Corps. We did cold weather training. We'd go to Bridgeport, California. And then we would also do training at the top of Mount Fuji in, uh, in Japan. Uh, and we were just in cold situations and places in the middle of the winter in the Carolinas, man. It's just frigid, freezing cold. But I'm telling you, in cold weather training, there were times where we weren't given a fire why? Because it would give up your position. And so what you literally had to do is you had to lay down, come on, with other brothers, with other Marines, with other soldiers to keep warm. And have you not 
been in a situation like this, it's very possible that you may not make it through the night or have a lot more serious issues. Maybe you live, but you've got, you've got some serious physical issues. And I'm just saying that when two lie down together, come on, it, 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 it keeps them warm. It saves them, come on, from the elements that they might, they might be in. And, um, uh, and that's important. The truth is, is that you also don't know that you need community until you need community. How many of you know uh, Norm and Luane Wall? Norm and Luane Wall. So Norm just went to be with the Lord this last, this last week. And um, I was able to go over a couple different times, a few different times when he was declining. And, um, and I asked her if I, could, if I could share this. But one of those times that I was over there, um, first of all, I just loved it. I got to pray for Norm. And I just asked him, I said, Norm, how can I pray for you? And he said, Pastor, I just want to go see Jesus. And that is, that is a beautiful thing, man. When you, got, when you have no fear, you know. But this is what Luane told me. She said, you know what? This has been really difficult, but I'm so grateful for so many people. But she called one of these people out by name, and it was Ruth Tundag. And she said, Ruth has been... Just God has saved me through Ruth because Ruth has walked through what it is that Luane's, you know what I mean, been, been walking through. And, 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 and she was just saying what a dear friend that Ruth was a, a friend that was worth her weight in gold, would come over and visit with her and pray for her and encourage her. And I'm just saying that you don't know that you need it until you need it. You don't know you need fellowship and community and friendship and people to walk with until you find yourself in need of it. Number four is this, and this is the last one. Two are better than one when you're in a fight. In the Marine Corps, I was in some pretty hostile situations, and I'm grateful, so thankful that I was with friends. I was with friends because it, it took a bad situation, and, uh, and it, kept it, it kept it all right. It could have been a terrible situation. I know you've been in situations in life where you've been in a fight and somebody, come on, has been there to walk along with you. Think about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan comes by and he finds this guy that's beaten up, almost, you know, he's left for dead. He's been robbed from, you know what I mean, just messed over, uh, you know, terribly. Why? Because he was walking the Jericho Road alone. I fully believe that had this man not been alone, if he had another buddy with him, those robbers, whoever they were, probably would have let those two pass waiting for an, uh, another individual that was, that, was, uh, that was easier to overcome. What does the Bible say? Ecclesiastes 4.12, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And so if somebody comes against you and you're alone, he might just be able to take your money and beat you up and leave you for dead. But if there's two of you, then you can withstand that one man. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? All right. So there will be times in life where you're attacked, period. Those times are coming and it might come from complete strangers. I don't know why this is. How in the world a stranger, a complete stranger you know, can come against you. They don't know you. They don't know anything about you. But they can, they can actually cause a lot of harm against you. But this is what hurts the most is whenever the attack comes from somebody that you've shared life with. 
I'm telling you what, pastoring, you will, you will, we, we, we experience this a lot, not only in our own lives, but we get a chance to see it in the lives of others. Sometimes the people that you love the most, that you walk with closely, you know what I mean? Like you've been there, the phone call rings, and you're just like, you drop whatever it is that you got going so that you can go and support them. This one really hurts because sometimes it's those ones that you'll turn your back and they'll just take a hammer and give you about three or four lumps on the back of your head. And that hurts, right? So that's an attack. And then there's a third kind of attack, and this is the attack of the enemy, right? The enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy you. And, and we are going to be talking a lot more going forward into 2023 as far as how the enemy does these things and the things that we need to be aware of. You know, it's silly that, uh, that, 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 that we fight an enemy of darkness, but, but some of us, we, we don't recognize that that's exactly what it is. And we try to handle it in the natural whenever it needs to be happened, handled in the, in the spiritual. And so, and so listen, there is an enemy that's out there that wants to discourage you and rob from you and kill you, but we're going to stand against that. I also just want to say this, and I'm almost done, boys and girls. I want to say this, that if you never run into, I heard this a long time ago and I thought it was fitting, and if it's not, it's still funny. But if you never run into the devil, it's very possible you're going the same direction he is. And so... Like, if you're here, I don't know what pastor's talking about. Like, I just live in this beautiful, you know what I mean, just peaceful bliss all the time. You're probably going the wrong way. Turn around and, uh, and swim upstream. The last thing I want to share with you is this. In, um, in uh, I think it was August, maybe, or September, um, Bob Schmidt, don't call him Schmidt, You'll get wrong, you know, you'll get it wrong. Bob Schmidt, he came to me and he said, Travis, have you ever played pickleball? And I said, what? Pickle, pickle, what? And so he took me down and showed me this game pickleball. I knew nothing about it, was horrible at it. Now I own 72 pickleball paddles and, and I got pickleball shorts and pickleball shirts and pickleball socks and and anyway, I've just fallen in love with this, with this game. I love it because it's fun, but I also love it in my health journey. I can get three miles of steps in in about four games, and it doesn't feel like you're getting your steps in. You know what I'm saying? Like, find something that works and that's fun, and you'll probably be more successful at it. But this is what I can tell you about pickleball is I've gotten better Sometimes I will have a partner, we play partners, sometimes I will have a partner that's not that, that's not, that's, maybe they're just a beginner or something. And so whenever you're playing with somebody that is not very effective at, at, at a sport or a game, and it's a, it's a doubles deal, then what that means is that your responsibility is to take up a lot more slack. You know what I'm saying? To cover more of the court. You know, if there's a shot that you can get, you get it. And, uh, and, then, and then hope that you can get it because if it goes to this person that's a novice, you know, chances are they're not going to get it. It's wonderful to play with people that are as good as you or even better because there's, it's just, it's, an, it's such a great feeling. Like you've, you've thrown yourself out there and you're going to hit the ball and you woof it, you totally miss it, and you're thinking, oh, man, 
But then the guy behind you scoops it up and you're still in the game. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Like it's a wonderful feeling that when you fail, somebody else is there to pick up the slack. And of course we know that we walk with the Lord all the time, right? And he, there's not a ball that he misses, right? And he's always got your back and that's great confidence. But I'm telling you this, that the Bible says that a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. I've heard so many times that people have said, all I need is Jesus, I don't need anybody else. Well, that sounds like super spiritual and it sounds like there could be some validation in that, but it is a lie. You know why? Because Jesus himself said you need to walk with others. It's not God's plan that you just walk alone with him. It's God's plan that you walk with him and you walk with others. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for where it is that we're going. If you don't, if you don't sense something shifting and changing, I'm just letting you know that something is shifting and changing. Let's get ready. Let's walk together. Let's work together. If you have issues with somebody, clean up the mess, get it figured out. It's amazing what a I'm sorry can do and I forgive you can do whenever God's people are called to walk together. Because we get it wrong, right? We get it wrong. But it's amazing what happens when we say I'm sorry and then that's followed up with an I forgive you. This is more important than this. And this is going to affect this. So I want to pray for you just real quick in the area of a relationship. I want you to stand to your feet. Lord, I thank you so much for these incredible people here. And I pray that as we're in a year of power, that we would do better at walking together, that we would love one another, we would support one another. I tear down in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, any jealousies, any comparisons, any, anything that would just limit us from doing, God, what it is that you've called us to do. I pray your blessing over these people today, and I pray over 2023. God, let us see your power, your demonstration of power in ways that we've heard about, but we've not seen in a long time. And I thank you, Lord, that this church would be a beacon of light that would cause many people to come, and it would also push back the darkness that's in this community. Help us, Lord. We need you. We rely on you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.